0: John and Nicole Ferris. So please, if you could, give them a hand. Come on up, guys. All right, again, so this is John and his wife, Nicole. And um, they've been coming to Vertical for about a year. And um, literally, um, just love them. They are so on fire for God. Um, I think my, not singularly, my favorite thing about them, but literally is um, they are just on fire. Um, They're so excited. Um, You hang out with them. And... um, Uh, You just can't help but get excited about the things of God. So um, I don't want to eat up too much time because I know you've got a lot to say. So um, please, it's all you.
1: Uh, So I'm John Ferris, my wife Nicole Ferris, and um, I just want to take a quick minute and just honor uh, Pastor Josh and Jess, uh, although they're not here. um, As Nicole and I were reflecting back on our testimony and just how God's been using us, gets me emotional because, because the Holy Spirit moved in them to start up this church. And because of their yes, everybody's been affected because of it. And um, so often we hear the Holy Spirit move and we're we want to say, not yet. It's not time. This isn't the place. But when you say yes to the Holy Spirit, how impactful that is. And so um, we just don't take that for granted, and we're very grateful for um, everybody who's stepped in front and everybody who's kind of served to um, bless us by us coming here because we're fairly new to the church. Um, so uh, with that, uh, a little bit about me. Um, I'm the youngest of five, and I was uh, brought up in a, a house of uh, Baptist Bible. <laughs> preacher, and uh, he was a passionate guy, and um, it's, it's kind of interesting for me to say this, but the whole time we were growing up, you know, we were being, I was being taught in so many different ways, and I came to know Christ at a young age, but it was more like I accepted Christ, and it was like a casual faith. It's like all of my surroundings were comfortable, it went well, um, there, was, there was never really a moment where... Um, what I did and where I was um, came difficult. And so it was just a very casual, comfortable faith that I had. And um, so I was born and raised, and I'm so grateful for where I was and how my parents sewed into me. Um, but that's honestly where I was. It was, um, I never had that radical moment where it's like I was a drug addict, and, you know, um, but I accepted Christ, and it was a casual faith. Um, so that's a little bit about me.
2: Um. We grew up completely different. (laughs) I just have to preface where I met John when I was 14, so I just want to put that out there so everybody knows, like, the age that I was at the stuff that we did. But I met him when I was 14. But um, my parents divorced when I was 3, so I lived in a split home, um, a lot of back and forth. The majority of the time, we were with my mom. We lived with her, and she um, was a great mother, (laughs) but didn't really, like focus on knowing where her children were. Um, So we basically did whatever, whenever, however, with whatever. Um, I was um, bad friends, bad influences, chased by the police. (laughs) <laughs> just a bunch of really fun not nice things and I um laughed and when Travis and Julie shared because um Travis was looking for tickets for OzFest because that's what I was doing um so it was just
1: like I don't know this person. <laughs> Who are you?
2: OzFest uh, and potlucks? Yes. Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so and then my parents moved to the area and I met John and um was introduced to um Jesus to uh, like all of his wonders and was able to be um, saved actually through John.
1: And so kind of like fast forward, obviously we got married. Um, We dated for quite some time. Nicole likes to harass me about that, but we dated for a while. (laughs) Eight years. And we got married. And um, kind of like until six years ago, it was like, um, it was easy for us. life just happened, things were going well, um, things just came naturally to us, we were successful in areas, we had, you know, good friendships, we did a lot of fun stuff, um, everything was just going going great, and um, it wasn't until about six years ago that um, God had a moment where he needed to, I say, needed to shake us up a bit, but... Um, our surroundings started to affect um, our outcome and our heart and stuff like that. And um, Nicole can talk a little bit uh, about friendships and stuff, but we found ourselves where it was like the success I had, the things that I did, it was all because of what I accomplished. And so I I found myself defining what I am and who I am and what I accomplished and what I had. And so that was what I was striving for. Um, We had... A happy marriage. I mean, we hardly ever argued. It was it was great. And then um, six years ago, um, we had the opportunity and excited uh, about um, our first child and um, the excitement to dream and plan and uh, just experience um, what it's going to be like to be parents and um, the joy that came from that. And then um, I remember the moment when... Um, all of that had changed and we were sitting in the room and the ultrasound um, technician had said, I I don't know, but something's not right and we'll need to look into this. And so, I'll let Nicole catch up on.
2: Yeah, as John had said, um, we had this group of like our friends, like these were our people. Um, It was our life, that's like what basically me, I know some him, but we lived for. And it was what we can do as long as we have these people. Um, And they almost like idolizing these relationships and friendships rather than, um, yeah. So that's that all took place, and it was just, I could do anything as long as I have my people. (laughs) And um, about six years ago, we were so excited um, for um, our first baby. Um, I do have to. (laughs) share this because I thought it would be awesome to surprise John on Christmas Eve and be like, dude, I'm pregnant. We're having, like, this is awesome. And, like, I just have to. Literally the first words out of his mouth are, I have to change our insurance. Like,
1: like,
0: like. If anyone who knows John, he's a detail man.
1: (laughs) I got caught up afterwards and I was like, oh, this is awesome. But,
2: Not what I was looking for. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were really excited, um, shared with our family, we we're looking forward to it, and um, just had a um, couple ultrasounds um, just where they told us that we would not be having our baby um, and that God got to have our baby instead.
1: So we don't know really what the complications were other than that she w- she or he was not forming correctly and that um, we were told by the doctor that in the next couple weeks, you're going to start to go through the process of miscarrying your child. And um, this was all in the moment of everything's great, everything's perfect. We are leaving in two weeks to go to Florida, and we're going to hang out there for a few weeks with family. And... Um, then this rocked our world. And so here we are, you know, not only the seed being planted that, okay, this child is not gonna live, um, but then preparing us that, okay, in the next few weeks you're gonna, you're gonna experience this and go walk through it. And so um, to, to not really talk about this together, like it was one of those things like, man, this sucks, but we didn't communicate Um, we kind of, we, we went through it. And so like, um, it happened one night when we were in Florida and so Nicole was just in agony and super pain and just was happening. And here I am, you know, just, I'm praying for her, but it's like, what do you do in that moment? Like, um, you're, you're, you're kind of crying out to a God that, um, at, at that time, we didn't have an act of faith. And it's just like, you know, I feel sorry for my wife. And um, it was tough to see her go through it. Um, and and then we really didn't talk about it. We didn't really, you know, grieve together or anything. It was more like we're on vacation. This happened. Okay, now let's, um, this sucks. Let's move on. And we didn't really grieve through it. And so it was like a seat of depression and, and um hurt and anger and, you know, towards God, like, you know, what's wrong with Why? us? Yeah. Um, and you can, yeah, just, like, you know, when we got back, um, Nicole's, you know, just relying on her friends so much and then mm-hmm. her with her doubt of what's wrong with me.
2: Yeah. We uh, had these friends <laughs> that were amazing and were supposed to be there for us, so um, way went through that loss, and then I still had the... So something had to be wrong with me. Like, that's why. That's what, you know, we wanted this. It was so, like, we were so happy, and so something had to be wrong with me. And in that process, these friends that we've had forever were gone. They stopped calling, stopped inviting us, stopped coming over, stopped, like, just, it was like we didn't exist and we would see them out to places, and um, they they didn't know us. Like, it was, I don't know who you are. Like, why are you talking to me? And in that, the devil is a liar. So he takes those things, and he puts that in you, and I just went deeper into this place of, it's me. There's something wrong with me. Like, I just felt so alone, and really depressed, and I could not figure out what was wrong with me and why why God would do this to mm-hmm. me. And it would, took a moment of in my room just like totally crying, God, change me. Like change something. Like something has to happen. It wasn't like the most significant prayer I've ever prayed. Um, it was actually probably the first actual time I've, ever really spoken to God to do something Um, and about a week after that we had some acquaintances of ours from our youth group days (laughs) come back into our life and invite them invite us to their church and um, we had decided to go Um, they had invited us a couple times we decided to go check it out and it was completely different the experience was different um, I am a huge worship person and worship was completely different when we stepped in it was the first time I'd actually like let go and worship God you, I felt him and I felt in that moment all those times that I felt alone from the loss and from the loss of my friends that he was there and then I wasn't alone I was loved and I slowly opened up to the fact that um people don't define me. I don't have to define myself with who's around me or what we have. It was it was God, it was Jesus, it was what he did
0: mm-hmm.
2: that made me. And when I we had moved throughout this whole process to a new neighborhood and um we Um, I realized, when I had finally realized that it was Jesus and it was God that made my self-worth, we met an amazing couple, and I met one of the most loving and caring people (laughs) ever. And it was at that moment that I realized God would give me the relationships and the people that I need, but it was only after I realized it was him who I needed the most.
1: Do you guys know the, the most expensive real estate is your mind and the enemy is out to attack that and try to claim victory over that and that he's going to try to plant seeds of doubt and frustration and accusing you that it's your fault, this is what's going on, you're worthless, you know, you have to accomplish this. And uh, what, we, what we realized is that um, in this, you know, what if you are one worship away from a breakthrough, you know, what would that worship look like, you know, and what would that feel like, you know? Like, God, you have no control over me. You have no control over my house, no control over my kids. You have no control over what's going on inside of my life because I'm defined in the glory of my God. My God controls everything that happens, and my God has put the joy inside of me, and I claim victory in my life because of my God. And so, in this whole scenario, as to we're defining ourselves and what we've accomplished and what we have and what we do, and then just to have everything stripped away. In that same season, when, when we were going through the loss of friends, loss of a uh, baby, um, the recession hit, I lost everything. We lost everything. And so, something that I had taken real to heart is everything I've accomplished. You know, that defined who I was. And to have that all disappear, and here I am well, this sucks. You know, what's wrong with me? You know, I've accomplished all this and now it's gone. What do I do from here? And you're, uh, I slipped into deep depression and I just, it was, it was depressing to see that both of us were struggling but we weren't communicating with our struggle. So just a hint out there, guys, if you're married or if you're looking at getting married, the key to a successful marriage is communication <laughs> And once we actually opened up the door to our vulnerability, and we we told each other, like, we're struggling with this. Like, I'm still holding on to not grieving the loss of our child. I'm still holding on to losing everything and defining myself. And once we came together and talked about that, it was so powerful to see how God started to um, change the atmosphere of where we were. And so, like, Nicole, um, the atmosphere, the shift in the atmosphere was... You know, as she just cried out to God. And God started sending people. You know, what we didn't realize was that God was taking the stuff away from us because he was calling us back to him. Um, And so many times we'll look at those situations and we'll be like, "Um, what did I do? What did I do? And God will be like, no, I'm calling you back, son. I'm calling you back to where I want you. Um, And so for me it was... um, I had noticed, uh, or I had a friend who didn't even know what was going on, but he had said, hey, have you ever heard of this pastor? And I was like, no, I've never heard of him. And this was right in the season where I was just like, I'm super depressed, and I just, you know, everything I was trying to do was not working. And a couple weeks after that, I decided to uh, just Google him, and I pulled up a message, and that was the message that just kind of rocked me and brought me, um, just brought a new meaning to what was going on. And it's like the surroundings that are around you, Um, can affect the atmosphere. And so no matter what your surroundings are, are you speaking about them or are you speaking to them? And so he talked about in Ezekiel how... um, do I have just a couple minutes? So he was talking about in Ezekiel how um, God was bringing Ezekiel and just kind of painting the picture as to some promises that he had for him that um, when you become a new person, I will claim victory in your life, I will restore ruined things, and I will bring life back to you know, um, your, yourself. And he's just going through and just painting a picture of all these promises he has for him. And then he kind of takes him and he puts him in the Valley of Dry Bones and here Ezekiel's standing in the valley of dry bones, and he's like, um, he's like, "Do you believe that these bones can come back to life?" And it's like we'll look at our scenarios and we'll be like, "Oh, well, we lost a child, we lost everything, and we didn't have any authentic friendships. They're just drawing and draining from us." And uh, do you believe that I can speak into these situations and bring life to them? And Ezekiel's like, only you would know, Lord. And he says, well, prophesy over it. Speak over those, claim those victories over there, and breathe my breath. And the cool thing is when you read that and you think of what is the Hebrew definition of breath, it says ruah which means the spirit. So breathe the Holy Spirit into those bones, and bones came together, and uh, it was like a sound, uh, like, a, like a rattling sound of bone coming to bone, tendon coming together, and um, that was the thing that, It was with us, is like we started speaking over those situations, like, Lord, we know that you have a reason for this. We know what's going on. And so we asked, Lord, that you would just speak to that, that you would just claim victory over those things. And so instead of talking about the scenario where we were, we started speaking to our surroundings, and the atmosphere started to change. Um, And so uh, it's just, it's cool to see how with all of that, now we have taken our mourning into dancing. We understand that God had gracefully taken our baby away from us. We can look at those relationships and we can be like, you know what, Lord, we understand why you took those away from us because we were coveting those relationships. So we can look at those and we can look at how he took away all of our accomplishments in a way. And uh, we realize that, no, everything we have, Lord, is yours. And so we're able to take these things, and after just praying and speaking life over them, God is renewing and just kind of building a fire inside of us. Um, so we just praise God for how he's, how he's changing and just putting a fire inside of us.
0: That is really good. Um, I think the thing that I'd love to piggyback off of you is... Um, where you were talking about communication. Um, I guess just to encourage all the couples and all the married people out there, um, you know, obviously we do have an enemy, and uh, that enemy is a divider. You know, if he can divide you, um, and that's literally what I saw when you were talking about, um, he was dividing you. You know, granted, you guys weren't at each other arguing or anything, but he was dividing you where you just weren't communicating with Mm -hmm. each other. And Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, communication is key, and um, unity you know, God has got a unity. So, you know, mm. just, um, yeah, kick the enemy out and mm. keep communicating. But um, so what would you like to say, like to, to wrap up your whole testimony, um, just sort of in a nutshell, what would you like, you know, the people to leave with?
1: I'd probably say, um, what, what does the soundtrack of your life sound like right now? Is it, yeah, you know, I serve a meh God. I'll bring them out when I need them. Yeah, it's okay. Everything's good. Or is it, wow, I serve a wow God. My God is amazing. He's changing lives. He's breaking chains. He's moving me from addictions, and he's claiming victory over things that the enemy tried to take and steal from me. My God is wow, and he is changing. And I'd say if you are not serving a wow God, I'd say pray over that because God wants to wreck your life and set a fire inside of you so you have an audacious faith to move forward and impact people because the story we have, you have a story, and people need to hear that, but you're holding back because of your selfish needs. Why don't you step forward and step out and let God claim victory in your life?
0: Preach it, brother.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we just want to... uh, Give a warm thank you to them, if everyone could do
1: that, please. And they'll be available after service.